All right, welcome back to Healthspan. This is part three of True Age by Dr. Morgan Levine. I finally get a chance to podcast again, and I'm very excited because in the second half of this book, we start getting into the lifestyle interventions that you can do to slow down your biological aging. This episode and the following episode will be all about the diet. We know diet is one of the hallmarks of health and longevity, and there is so much good content in this book that I decided to divide it up into two parts. So this one part will be all about diet and the following episode will also be all about diet. So eat less to live. Undoubtedly, some of the most successful lifestyle interventions aimed at manipulating the pace of aging and extending healthy longevity has been nutritional. As far back as 450 to 350 BC, the father of medicine, Hippocrates, routinely drew links between the health and nutritional nutritional quality and quantity. In fact, the English word diet comes from the Greek word diaita, meaning manner of living. So as far back as Hippocrates, we knew that diet played a role in our health. While many ancient civilizations, including the Greeks, Romans, and Egyptians, touted the potential health benefits of calorie restriction and fasting, it wasn't until the 18th century that their impact became the focus of scientific study. In 1909, the Italian scientist Dr. Carlo Moreschi was the first to show that the reduction of calorie intake could slow or even stop the growth of tumors transplanted into a mouse. In 1917, a team of researchers noticed that female rats whose growth had been nutritionally stunted appeared to live much longer than their normal fed counterparts. As early as 1909, there were three scientists, Mendel, Thomas Osborne, and Edna Ferry, who were very uh, into the pioneering of calorie restriction and diet when it came to longevity and aging. In 1909, this guy, Thomas Osborne, one of the scientists that I mentioned, began working and collaborating with Mendel, who enabled the discovery of calorie restriction and longevity. Working together, these two men were able to develop a novel technique that allowed them to measure the precise nutrient intake of the rats they were studying. This led to the the discovery of two amino acids, tryptophan and lysine, that are the two of the essential amino acids. And as a follow-up, they also showed that they could control the growth rates of rodents by altering or altering the level of lysine. Yet it was through their various growth experiments studying the effects of various diets, including high-protein, low-carbohydrate, and low-fat diets, that they started to notice the long-term effects of calorie restriction on lifespans. In 1935, Clavey McKay and Mary Crowell and Leonard Maynard, they really set out to experiment experimentally demonstrate the longevity impact of calorie restriction. Using rats, the team showed that reducing calories below standard level actually extended both the median and maximal lifespan of the animals. What this meant was that the majority of calorie-restricted animals survived longer than the majority of those who kept on a controlled diet. And moreover, the maximum age achieved by the longest living animal in the group was older for the group eating less versus those who kept on a normal, not excessive diet. Today, the practice of calorie restriction is seen as the archetypal lifestyle intervention in the aging field. By the year 2020, more than 6,000 papers citing calorie restriction longevity effects have been published. 
Additionally, numerous studies suggested that calorie restriction not only helps animals live longer, but also helps them stay healthier, as more recent experiments have begun providing evidence that calorie restriction often contributes to an extension in health span by delaying the onset of various age-related conditions and diseases. So we're seeing all the way back in the 1900s, these calorie restriction experiments that are being taken place on animals. And we're seeing that not only are they living longer, but they're living healthier. So their lifespan is being increased and their health span is being increased as well. So the next section is titled energy and aging. While the results in animals are irrefutable, the question remains, why does a major reduction in food intake seem to slow the rate of decline with age? It seems sort of paradoxical when you think about it, given that the way living systems are able to actively prevent or delay the inevitable accumulation of damage is through the use of energy to repair and maintain. So again, this is paradox. Where do we get the energy to repair and maintain our bodies? Well, the only way that animals and humans can do that is through food. Thus, one might think that the more food should, more food should equate to more energy, and more energy should signify, signify greater system maintenance. That might be true if, one, our bodies would, were perfect energy-efficient factories, which they're not, and two, that we were optimized to allocate all additional resources towards maintenance. So this is an ideal world. In an ideal world, we would use all the energy that we got from food and use it for maintenance and repair. But this is not the reality. In reality, a lot of this energy that we get from food, the excessive amount of food that we eat, the excessive calories, they end up getting stored in certain areas. So not just our fat, but also our liver, our muscle, and other tissues as well. Now, this is a beautiful system that kept our ancestors alive, but it can only be inefficient in many ways. Breaking down, converting, storing, and re-releasing nutrients costs energy, and what's more, it contributes to damage accumulation. Yet, with calorie restriction, we utilize the system much less. Assuming minimum energy slash nutrient needs are being met, doing so should have a positive effect by reducing excessive biochemical processes, and thus minimizing damage and dysregulation. So what is the point Morgan Levine is trying to make? The first is that our bodies are not perfect. We are not perfect engine machines. We have a lot of side effects from this chronic oxidative you know, phosphorylation that occurs when we eat food. But when we do calorie restrict, and given the idea that we have all our nutrients and our, our demands met, we are using our energy partition more efficiently and we're also reducing, as she mentioned, the excessive biochemical processes and also minimizing the damage and dysregulation that occurs when we go through this oxidative phosphorylation. In other words, taking glucose and other sources and converting it to ATP. Scientists have hypothesized that calorie restriction may initiate a program that purposefully shifts energy utilization away from some things in promotion of others. Your body is hunkering down, taking care of what it has, and waiting for a more prosperous time when it will once again be able to turn on all the lights back on. In the case of long-term calorie restriction, that day never comes, and instead your body maintains this re-optimized state in which you're, you are both generating less damage 
and also prioritizing systems stability and integrity over things like growth and responsiveness. In essence, your body is going with the defensive rather the rather than the offensive strategy. So again, I'm trying to summarize in my own words what Morgan Levine is trying to say here. She's stating that if your nutrient requirements are made, then we are always in a period of hunkering down and repairing instead of this constant building and growing and division. And this is where the whole NAD, sirtuins, A and P kinase pathways come into play. I don't have time to get into that now, but this is the idea that Sinclair and other longevity scientists kind of throw around. It's the idea that when we're in calorie restriction, when we're in fasting, we are boosting NAD levels, we are boosting sirtuins, and we are repairing the DNA that gets damaged just from aging. And this is what Dr. Morgan Levine is trying to say. We are eating just enough calories to be in this defensive maintenance mode rather than this growth, you know, pro-cancerous, um, pro-growth kind of mode. So this is where the benefits of calorie restriction really come, fr- come from. So to move forward, we talk about the hungry monkeys. In the late 1980s, two consecutive trials on calorie restriction have been initiated using rhesus monkeys one at the National Institute of Aging, and the other at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. After about two decades of meticulous research involving constant regulation of the diets, detailed reports of the body weights and physiologic parameters, and tracking of the deaths, the results were finally in for the study from the University of Wisconsin. As the title of the article published in Science in 2009 suggested, it appeared that calorie restriction delays disease onset and mortality, in rhesus monkeys. The authors reported that 80% of their calorie-restricted monkeys were still alive at the time of publication, compared to only 50% of the control monkeys. What's more, not only were they, the calorie-restricted monkeys still alive, they appeared to be significantly healthier. This group exhibited substantial reductions in incidence of cardiovascular disease, cancer, diabetes, and even showed signs of slower brain atrophy with age. So take the 80% versus the 50%. The calorie-restricted monkeys were, 80% of them were alive, while only half of the control monkeys were alive at the end of the study. So it was true. Science believed that if calorie restriction could work for monkeys, with whom we share about 93% of our genome, then it should also work for us humans. Unfortunately, this excitement was somewhat short-lived in the culmination of the second trial from the NIA, the National Institute of Aging. In the article published in Nature, this team of scientists, they saw an interesting trend that emerged from the data to suggest that although lifespan did not seem affected, health span was improved. In fact, among older monkeys, calorie restrictions seemed to improve components of metabolic health, like triglyceride levels, and glucose levels and cholesterol, similar to what had been observed in the biosphere, which is the kind of the human study uh, I don't want to get into, but I talked about it in other books. And the calorie-restricted monkeys also seem to remain disease-free for longer, with an increase in median health span of about two and a half years. Now, there were different results amongst the University of Wisconsin trial and the National Institute of Aging trial. And in order to untangle the source of the contrasting results, uh, 
these two groups actually joined forces to write a commentary that really meticulously detailed the similarities and differences between the two studies when it came to the survival results, changes in body weight, the food intake and composition, and the resulting physiologic and pathological changes exhibited by the group groups of monkeys at these two facilities. So they really untangled the data. They looked at the specific diets that they were eating, you know, when they were eating, that kind of stuff. They were really looking at all the details of those two studies. Now, while the monkey studies provided the tiniest glimpse of hope when it came to the promise of calorie restriction, in humans, it did not really amount to the overwhelming reassurance we were looking for. And eventually, we would need to have our own human calorie restriction experience. Now, a man by the name of Michael Ray, who is a scientist or a science writer for the SENS Research Foundation, which is an organization headed by two really famous biogerontologists, Dr. Aubrey de Grey and also CEO James O'Neill. He doesn't just write about the potential malleability in the rate of aging through his work in this research foundation. He is also attempting to demonstrate it within himself. So back in the 1990s, it still wasn't believed that humans could actually sustain a calorie-restricted diet. So like most people during that time, this guy Michael Ray focused on practicing some of the science-backed approaches of the day, which would be like low-fat diet with nutritional supplements, exercising, and antioxidant megadosing. This was all the fad back in the 1990s. With time, though, it became apparent that nothing that nothing being developed showed any real, real benefits or were scientifically credible solutions for slowing aging, aside from one, which is, of course, calorie restriction. Michael seemed to be the picture of health when it comes to his lab test. Additionally, when Michael entered his lab results into the clinical biological age calculator based on the measures that Dr. Morgan Levine developed back in 2018, the biological age that he received was more than a decade younger than what was on his license plate or his license, an entire decade um, you know, younger. And he's not alone. Studies of individuals undergoing this long-term self-imposed CR suggest that these individuals exhibit signs of slower aging, similar to what have been observed in many of the animal studies. Overall, they seem to look better on multiple factors associated with the risk of cardiovascular disease and, and or cancer. They exhibited better lipid profiles and reduced signs of oxidative stress, and they were able to avoid systemic inflammation and maintain insulin sensitivity. So again, even though Michael did not defy aging, his biological age was slowed down, and all his markers for health improved. The insulin sensitivity, the reduction in inflammation, the lipid profile, all this improved from the simple calorie restriction. While each of us could do what Michael has done, adopting a calorie-restricted lifestyle and track how this may be impacting our aging profiles, most people are not convinced to even consider the switch. They want to know that it will pay off. That will work for someone, that it'll really work for someone like them. And the only way to estimate that is through a clinical trial in humans. And this, of course, is where the calorie trial enters. So there was a study done in humans, it's called the calorie trial. It stands for the Comprehensive Assessment of Long-Term Effects of Reducing Intake of Energy, or calorie. 
And unlike a drug trial, the researchers were dependent on study participants not just volunteering, but actually following through. Subjects would need the willpower to maintain a CR for the duration of the two-year trial. So CR is calorie restriction. For now on, I'm just going to say CR. To test whether this would be possible, the team enrolled just under 50 volunteers and randomly assigned them to one of four intervention groups. So again, this is the calorie trial. There's four different groups within the calorie trial. There was the con control group, which was put on a diet based on the American Heart Association Step 1 Dietary Composition. There was the second group, which was a 25% CR group. And these individuals received the same general makeup of nutrients as the controls, but with only three quarters of the total calories per day. So a 25% reduction in CR. The third group was a CR group who were also asked to exercise such that their total calorie deficit for the day would reach 25% of the controls. The idea was that they would only moderately reduce food intake, but also simultaneously boost calorie needs via physical activity. So those are the first three groups. And the final group is the group that was put on an extreme low-calorie liquid diet, which was about 890 kcals per day, consisting of four nutrient shakes and also a brownie. This diet was followed only until subjects had lost 15% body weight, after which they were switched to a weight maintenance diet. So what were the results of these four groups? According to the results, the, group, the control group only experienced a 0.2% decrease in weight over the six-month intervention. Conversely, those in the two CR groups with, you know, with and without the exercise lost just under 10% body weight. So this would be like 20 pounds in someone who weighed 200 pounds. Finally, for the low-calorie liquid diet, group, the average weight loss was just over 13%, which would be like 25 pounds in a 200-pound person. Now, with the promising phase one feasibility results under their belt, the research team began their in-depth trial of CR in humans. They enrolled nearly 250 healthy volunteer men and women between the ages of 21 and 50. So this is the phase two of this calorie trial. Unlike the phase one trial, phase two only had two groups, a control group that was told to simply maintain their current dietary practice and a CR group that was allowed to eat what they pleased as long as they reduced their calorie intake by 25%. At the end of the study, it was found that on average, the CR group was only able to achieve a 12% reduction in calories over a two-year trial. Even this minor deficit, however, appeared to show promising outcomes. Overall, subjects on the CR diet maintained weights that were 10% lower than baseline over the entire two years of the trial. They also generally exhibited reductions in inflammatory markers and improvements in many cardiovascular risk factors. But one of the most exciting findings was their reduction in biological aging. Using a biological age that Dr. Morgan Levine came up with in 2013, Another researcher, Dr. Daniel Belsky, who was a colleague at Columbia University, showed that people in the control group who maintained their normal diets increased in biological age as expected, or slightly lower than expected. For instance, over the two-year period, they gained about a year and a half of biological age. 
This might suggest that they were aging slightly slower than what is seen on the average in the general population. That still didn't come close to what was observed in the CR group. According to the results, those assigned to the CR diet only gained about three months of biological age over the entire two-year period. Only three months biological age over this two-year period. They were aging 87.5% slower than we would expect for the average person. So this is truly phenomenal. Simply from a calorie restriction perspective, we can slow our biological aging. Now, what about the other side of the coin? As I mentioned in this phase two trial, in this phase one trial of the calorie study, the adults were somewhere between the ages of 21 and 50. But what about older individuals? Is there a point when it's too late to start an intervention like calorie restriction? While calorie only included participants aged 21 to 50, studies from rodents and other model animals suggested that CR can extend longevity even when started later in life. There is an important caveat, however, that seems to be emerging from the data. The benefits seem to only occur in individuals who are able to maintain some degree of body weight. Wasting away in response to CR might actually be detriment, be like very de- detrimental to us um, because it can get to a point where we are beginning to the malnourishment or an inability to really absorb nutrients necessary for maintaining functioning. And in addition to malnourishment, there are other maladaptive changes that can occur in animals or people who are chronically calorie restricted. So even if malnutrition is not present, significant reductions in calorie intake seem to drive down metabolic rates and reduce the levels of something called leptin. So leptin gets released from fat cells. When we become so calorie restricted, our leptin levels plummet and it can really affect our metabolic rate. Not only that, it can lower our libido. We're not producing enough you know, circulating sex hormones. We are decreasing our immune response because we are not giving our immune cells the adequate ATP to function. We are preventing wound healing and we are becoming even susceptible to the threats of like a pathogenic infection. When we are so calorie restricted, you know, especially in women, they start losing the bone mineral density and they can increase the risk of fractures. So the point is we want to get to the sweet spot where we are reducing our calories enough to have good maintenance and repair but not to the point where we are malnourished and not able to, you know, function. So this is something Ben Greenfield says all the time. What's the point of calorie restricting and fasting to the point where you are cold, hungry, and libidoless? So there, there needs to be this nice balance. And we shouldn't be in this calorie restriction indefinitely, you know, for the rest of our lives. We should have periods of feasting where we kind of replenish glycogen levels We boost our leptin levels. We increase our testosterone, increase our insulin, IGF. There should be times where we have that. But for the most part, we should be calorie restricting. But don't forget that you can take it to the extreme. That's what some people love to do. Finally, despite the promising success of CR, perhaps one of the biggest problems is that it is really hard to convince large majority of people to eat 10 or 25% less than they normally do. In most countries, it's hard enough to prevent overeating, let alone promote undereating. So there are other options with appreciable benefits 
when it comes to slowing aging and preventing major diseases. In fact, the cutting-edge research coming out is starting to suggest that many of them might come close or even mimic the benefits seen in calorie restriction. So is there a way we can alter our diet, modify our diet, and also have some different types of fasting where we can get the benefits of calorie restriction without truly calorie restricting? restricting. And that is what part two or the second half of this diet episode will be all about. It's going to be all about the different types of longevity diets, you know, low protein, uh, intermittent fasting, prolonged fasting. This is, this is what I'm going to get into in the next episode. So I, I wanted to end here and cut it off here. I hope you learned something that calorie restriction across all species improves not only health span, but also lifespan. Everything from sea elegans to mice to monkeys to humans. Calorie restriction works. It's one of the main interventions that humans can do to slow their biological aging and their chronological aging. So I hope you tune in for part two, where I discuss more about diet, calorie restriction, longevity diets, and all the topics relating to that. So thank you for listening.